This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, I'm on a series, Born to Win. You know, I'm, I'm going to say this, <coughs> that we don't even like the idea of dying. Anybody like the idea of dying? You know, most people don't. How many people already bought, bought your burial plot? <laughs> Nobody, why? Because we don't want, well, we got some people, praise God, that are prepared, amen? But we don't even want to think about dying, do we? Why? Because we, we, were, never, we were never meant to die. When God created mankind, he created us to live forever. He, he, it's not even in our makeup to die. It's not even in our thought. Why? Because eternity is put into every person's heart. Amen? And so, and the Bible says, talks about death as being the last enemy that will be conquered. So death is the last enemy. In other words, we're going to be changed. I believe that Jesus is coming back soon and neither, none of us are going to go by the way of the grave. How many people believe that? In other words, we're going to be changed in a twinkling of an eye. Jesus, the trump will sound, and the dead in Christ will raise, and those that remain will be raised up with them. That's us. Do you believe that today? So, we're, so you don't need to worry about your burial plot. Amen. Amen. I'm going to put a little disclaimer there. <laughs> because Jesus, it could be a while before Jesus comes back. Amen. Let's look at 1 John 5, 4 and 5. It says here, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he that believes... That Jesus is the Son of God. So I want to say this, that if you're a born-again believer, if you receive Jesus in your heart, you are a overcomer. And sometimes I think in this life, we measure our, our you know, if we're overcoming, if we're, if we're winning in life. In other words, if we're not seeing any losses. And I'm going to say this, don't measure by what, Sometimes we see some losses. Don't measure that out. No, no, no. No, measure out that God is with us and he's whatever loss might be coming in our life, whatever the devil steals from us, he's going to have to repay sevenfold. You know, we had a, a, a leak in our house on a roof and um, the people came to look at it, the roofer. And uh, he said that when we had a new roof put on about six or seven years ago, and he said, when they put the roof on in that part of it, it's in our, our den, it's an add-on room on our house. They said that, he said that they didn't do it right and water got up underneath it and um, caused the wood to rot. And so he said it would cost $3,000 to fix it. And I said, okay. And um, God's my, my supplier, amen? So I didn't get upset about it. I, I got God and I have credit card, Amen. And zero uh, percent interest, twelve months. Amen. Right. And uh, and I said okay. And so then my mom says you you should contact your insurance company. Right. And I said yeah, I guess I should. Maybe I should call my insurance. You never know. Give it's a it's a shot in the dark. I didn't think about it. So I called my insurance company and I explained everything. And um, and then finally uh, the insurance guy got back to me and said, hey, um, it's not covered. 
because they did it wrong. And I said, okay. I said, is there anything covered? And they said, well, the ceiling that got wet, that's covered. And I said, okay. Uh, so, so what you're saying is that uh, the, the roof is not covered, but the ceiling is. There's some wet spots in our ceiling that needs to be fixed. And so uh, he said, where's the spots that I told him? I measured it out. And uh, he, said, uh, he said, we'll pay for that. And then when I got home from vacation, I, there, there was a check in the mail from USAA for uh, $4,500. I'm like, hallelujah! And, and, and I was telling my brother John about this. Even though it was a seemingly loss, God can make a win out of a loss. And I'm thinking, uh, you said, we're going to fix the ceiling. I said, yeah, we'll paint it. We'll, we'll, <laughs> no, you know, we could probably do it ourselves. We can get somebody in, but we're $1,500 up. What am I saying? God is amazing. God is, is an amazing God. And whatever the enemy means for harm, in other words, God can turn for good. Do you believe that today? And, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I could have got mad and said, I need to sue my contractor. And I just let it go. Amen. But when you let go and let God, God does something. Amen. So we see here that overcomers are those that believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's, that's the, the, the revelation rock that Jesus talked about when Peter said, Jesus, you are the Son of God. Amen. Look at this. Um, Jesus' mission. Now, I'm talking to you about healing today. And I'm talking about that, that you have power and authority over sickness and oppression. You have authority today, and you need to use your authority. A lot of times what we do is, when we're being attacked, and sometimes the world will say, they'll get on Facebook, pray for me. And they'll try to get a lot of people to pray for them. Now, I'm not against corporate prayer, but you need to pray for yourself. The Bible says, if you got a problem, pray. If you got an issue, pray. In other words, you, you need to have, don't rely on everybody else's faith. You're going to have to develop your own faith. Then I'm talking to somebody today. If you're just relying on the faith of somebody else, you might miss out. They might not have that much faith. But you have to develop your own faith. And so, so we got to get a revelation in that, that, that we can take authority over sickness. We can take authority over oppression. What do I mean by that? You don't have to be scared. You don't have to be in fear. You don't have to be in anxiety. You don't have to be worried. I mean, we don't want to give one second to worry, fear, or anxiety in our life. It does come every once in a while. Fear does come, but when it does come, faith answers the door and fear is not there. What do I mean by that? What I mean by that, I mean by that, that when we answer the door of fear, we answer it by quoting a scripture, what I talked about last week. God has not given us a spirit of fear timidity or cowardness i'm going to say it again god has not given us a spirit of fear timidity in other words we you should never hear a christian say what am i going to do well you're going to stand on the word of god that's what you're going to do what are we going to do you know all this coming out what are we going to do we're going to believe god that's what we're going to do in the midst of the we're going to believe god are you listening to what I'm saying today? Well, my kids are going AWOL. What am I going to do? Believe God. Uh, you're getting attacked in your body. What are you going to do? Believe God. 
take authority, and we're going to talk about that. So when Jesus came in to the realm, and Jesus really, his whole goal was to bring us back into the garden. And I'm going to explain that to you, because really, it's all original intent. See, see, see we were never meant to be dominated by anything. I'm going to say that again. You were never meant to be dominated by anything, not even coffee. My, my, my daughter was asking me, so, so, so dad, and she, this is the other night, and I was surprised. She says, dad, so when, when, uh, uh, how long, uh, when did you start drinking coffee, and how long have you been, you know, that, you know, having to drink coffee every day. You know, she was, she was grilling me, you know. And I'm saying, we got a coffee girl in here that works for Starbucks. Amen. Amen. She's, she's helping all the addicts in this world. It's the only, listen, coffee is the only sociable, acceptable thing you can drink. You can be addicted to it, and it's socially acceptable to spend $5 on a cup of coffee. Amen. <laughs> Socially acceptable. And my, 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 my daughter was asking me, well, how long, basically you're saying, how long have you been addicted to this stuff? <laughs> Amen. No, I'm free, Lord. I don't have a cup today. Amen. I had water, but praise God. But let's continue to move forward. I'm not down anybody that's drinking coffee. Amen. So Jesus, when he came into this atmosphere, he, he demonstrated power and authority over the devil, over, over wind and waves, over the general circumstances in life. And I'm going to say this, in a sense, you are the captain of your ship. Amen. Or, I'm going to say that. Yes, Jesus is, you know, he's our Lord and he's our Savior. And in a sense, we follow him. But in a sense, you know, you are the captain. In other words, if you're going to walk in freedom, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to stand in faith. You're going to have to speak the word. Everybody that I saw got set free from Jesus. A lot of these people pursued Jesus. Right? Blind Bartimaeus went to Jesus. Amen? Different people went to Jesus looking for the promise. So we're going to have to pursue Jesus. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock. And it shall be open to you. And he said, all that asks, receives, all that seeks, finds, and all that knocks, the door is open. So we're going to have to do something. Don't be one of these people, well, if, it's, if God's going to heal me, he'll just do it, you know. No, you better, you better position yourself for healing. You better set yourself up for healing. You've got to understand that you have some authority. So Jesus, in Luke 4, 18 and 19, says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. In other words, Jesus was saying, the power of God is on my life. I'm going to say this to you today. The power of God is on your life. I'm going to say this today. You are anointed. I'm going to say this. You got the power. You have the power. And he says that he uh, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, that they don't have to be poor anymore, to set... Uh, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. That means that, that God can heal our hearts. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe somebody did something wrong to you. Maybe somebody hurt you in your past. Well, you don't have to live in that. Amen. You don't have to live in regret. You don't have to, to live in, in 
uh, misery. Amen? You don't have to live in that. God can heal your broken heart. Uh, proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. So Jesus basically said that day that he was anointed to, to basically destroy the works of the devil. And I'm going to say this to you today. You're anointed to destroy the works of the devil in your life. And not only in your life, but in the lives of people all around you. Uh, Peter puts it this way. He rephrases it in Acts 10.38 by saying how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So Peter is actually saying the same thing that Jesus was saying in Luke, that Jesus was saying, I'm anointed to set you free. And then Peter was attesting to it that, that, that Jesus went around doing good and healing all. In other words, he was reversing the curse of the devil in people's lives. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so we got to get a revelation of this, that the devil isn't that big and bad. Uh, you know, uh, depression should not be lording over you. Right. Amen. Pain. Can I get a witness in the house today? Jesus bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Pain has to leave our bodies. I woke up this morning with a headache. Glory to God. And of course, I think it's my pillow. My wife says, you've got to get a, got to get a better pillow because I've been waking up with headaches. And, uh, and my bed is one of these beds that, that, that you can move it up and down and all that. It's a really expensive bed. It vibrates and does all that stuff. Um, and um, so, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's an amazing bed. Amen. And, and so, but I, I didn't realize that my, my bed was tilted up. I looked at it, it was tilted up. I said, oh, my Lord, it's not even flat. No wonder my neck is about ready to break off. And so I, I was like stretching it out, and then I started speaking to my neck, you're healed in Jesus' name. I didn't want to take Advil. You know, Advil's not too good to take. And I started speaking to it, and man, look at me, look at me. Look at that. Look at that. And I'm telling you, that pain left glory to God. I kept speaking. I command this pain to leave in the name of Jesus. And it works. Thank God I didn't have to take Advil, even though that is the second best remedy if prayer is, is not working. <laughs> amen. And, uh, and so, amen. And so, and so we see this, that Jesus came. It says in 1 John 3, 8, he came to undo the works of the devil. Amen. So in Luke 10, we see that Jesus was basically down here and he was training his disciples to be just like him. Can I say that again? Jesus was training his disciples to be just like him. Glory to God. And so Jesus wants us to be like him. Hallelujah. And so in Luke 10, uh, Jesus says to, to 70 of the, not only the 12 disciples that were following him, but it says here in Luke 10, 1, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. And in verse 9, he says, heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God 
uh, has come near you. And so he says here that, that we're supposed to preach the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God, you may ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. The kingdom of God is about restoring man back to his rightful place. The kingdom of God is about delivering people from sin, sickness, and spiritual darkness. The kingdom of God is preaching the good news. The kingdom of God is healing people. He said, go heal people to the 70. Now, in a sense, they were running on the anointing of Jesus by credit. Are you listening to what I'm saying? In other words, Jesus hasn't went to the cross yet. He hadn't taken the keys of death, hell, and the grave. He hasn't even completed his mission yet because his mission was to go to the cross. His mission was to pay for mankind's sin. His mission was to take the keys of death, hell, and the grave from the devil. His mission was to get a name that's above every name. He didn't have it that yet, but God was giving it to him on credit. He was operating under the authority of the Father. And he was able to give that anointing over to the 70. I'm going to say this to you today. You are anointed. And some may say, well, that was back then 2,000 years ago for the 70, for the 12 and the 70 he sent out. They were just over there covering. Listen, you're more than just over the covering of Jesus. You got Jesus on the inside of you. You got the power of God resident on the inside of you. Get a revelation of that. And then he says here, um, I think it's verse 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he gave them authority and you have authority and you have to take that authority. Amen. Uh, I love that. So we need to learn to take authority over sickness that's attacking our body. I find myself praying this way. Lord, remove this sickness from me. Lord, take it away from me. Lord, uh, 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 save that person. And we, pr- we pray like that, but it's not really scriptural. Oh, man, it's quiet in this Methodist church today. Amen. You can petition God for things. I'm not saying petition. I say petition him for the harvest, petition him for things. And you can do that over and over again. But, but when it comes to healing, uh, in a sense... Like one person was trying to, you know, get their healing, and they, they asked this minister that, that preaches on healing all the time. Uh, he said, uh, uh, is God going to heal me? And this preacher said, God's done everything he's going to do about your healing. And he said, what do you mean, that God's not going to heal me? No, he didn't say that. He said, God has already done everything he's going to do about your healing, your deliverance, your, 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 your prosperity. God has already done everything that you need. It's already paid for. It's already. In other words, we just need to pull up to the banquet table. We need, we need a little, if you need a little bit of healing, pass the healing. If you need a little bit of prosperity, pass the prosperity. He, the Bible says that God provides a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And so we just need to pull up to the table, amen, and I'm telling you, and, and receive some healing, receive some prosperity, receive some deliverance, glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? That's what we need to do. We need to receive it in Jesus' name. So, so in other words, instead of, it, see, when God gives us authority, you don't demand of God, you demand of the devil. Can I say that again? 
when, see, it's the devil that's keeping us, you know, trying to keep us from moving forward. It's the devil that's trying to put things on our life. It's the devil that puts oppression on people. Jesus came to set us free from the works of the devil. And you can stop the devil in your life. You may ask, you know, what is the, what do you mean by stopping the devil in your life? What I mean by that is the devil represents anything that's negative in our life. It, it represents a fear, anxiety, a oppression of any kind, weakness, tiredness. Are you, the devil represents every negative emotion out there. We don't have to succumb to negative emotions. You don't have to have a blue Monday. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. You don't know where I work at, Pastor. You don't know what I got to do eight hours a day. No, I don't, but God can be with you. He can give you joy in the midst of, 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 of hard work. Amen. I'm telling you, he can make you happy. Glory to God. While you're cleaning your car out. Glory to God. I mean, I clean my car out once a week, amen, I, at least once a week, because my, 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 uh, my kids destroy it through the week. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy a clean car. I know they say a sign of a clean car is a deranged mind, but uh, I, I, I like a clean car. Yes. And so I'm telling you, when it's a finished product, I'm excited about that. Glory to Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody, any, any car cleaners in here? None. My, I, I talked to my brother John, and he said, I hate cleaning the car. Oh, I hate it, you know. Uh, praise God. But, but, but God can give you uh, joy in the midst of your work. Do you believe that today? So Jesus is bringing us back to original intent. Uh, original intent of man is in Genesis 1, 26 to 28. We need to go back to Genesis, the book of beginnings, to find out what is the original intent. What is, God, what is God's intent for mankind? What, what, is he wanna, what does God want us to do? He, uh, let, let's look at this. It says here, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. Genesis 1, 26-28. Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And like I like to say to ladies, you have dominion over creeps. So we'll continue. So God created man in our image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. Notice it says that God blessed them. See, I'm going to say this today. You're not under the curse. And you're not under the law. Some say, well, man, we're under the law. Well, you are under a law, and it's called the law of love. <laughs> As Christians, we're under the law of love. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that, that we're obligated to love God and love people. That's right. right? You know, love Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love, love, love people as you love yourself. Amen? And so we're under the law of love, but we're not under the law of sin and death. Amen? We're under the law of life in Christ Jesus. And that law is basically grace. Can somebody say grace? And so we're under grace today. And we're under abundant grace. And grace really means, it's not just unmerited favor, as some would say. Well, grace is unmerited favor. Yes, yeah, it is. It's unmerited favor. But it's more than just unmerited favor. Grace is God's empowerment to get you through this life, winning in every area of your life. 
when we start understanding that God's grace is His empowerment for us to walk out the calling of God on our life. In other words, we don't walk it out by ourselves. You're not by yourself. You have the empowerment of grace. You have the grace of God empowering you to walk this life out. And you may say, well, Pastor, how come I, how come I, I, I slip and fall every once in a while? Well, the Bible says a good man will fall every once in a while. We'll slip every once in a while. But, but it also says a good man will get back up. See, see listen, the key is it, you may fall every once in a while, but get back up and keep walking. Keep moving. Don't, don't just get stuck in the mully grubs. Don't just get stuck in the mud. No, no, don't just say, ah, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't let go. Keep pressing in until you see the best that God has for your life. Don't let go. Some people give up on God. Some people give up on faith. Some people don't believe in the faith message. They just believe that, you know, well, well, God is in control. And since God's in control, whatever will be, will be. Uh, yeah, God, there, yeah, God is sovereign. But in his sovereignty, he gives us sovereignty. Mm, oh, I'm preaching today. In God's sovereignty, he gives man sovereignty. He gives us a free will to choose. You chose today if you'd be in church today. You chose today if you were going to watch online today. You chose God. The Bible says, if you're going to choose anything, choose life. And you're choosing life today, glory to God. You're choosing God. Why? So you can walk in more uh, power of God. Amen? So let's look at this. So, so we see here there's some keys. Uh, he, he blessed mankind. We're under the blessing. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves on the earth. <coughs> That's original intent. So that's God's intent. In other words, God doesn't want anything ruling and reigning over us. We're called to rule and reign over God's creation. So we see this, that it's four keys here. He says, be fruitful. God wants you to be fruitful. It says, multiply or increase. God wants us increasing. God doesn't want us staying the same. He wants us increasing. God wants us increasing in peace. He wants us increasing in joy. He wants us increasing in his love. I'm telling you, he wants us increasing. He wants us to get happy. More happy each and every day. It says here uh, to subdue. God wants us to subdue. God wants us to take dominion. This is original intent. Now, David says it this way. In Psalms 8, 3, and 6, he says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon of the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than angels. And that word is Elohim. And really, Elohim actually means God. Hello. But the translators got a little nervous and said, That's a little bold. Let's go with angels. Amen. So we had a little lower than angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. Say, I'm crowned with glory and honor. You are crowned with glory 
and honor. And it says, you have made him to have dominion. Notice that? You have made him, who? Us, to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So what, so what am I saying to you this morning? All things, sickness, depression, oppression, anything that's coming against your life or coming against your family, it's been put under your feet. You've got to get a revelation of that. You've got to get up. And the devil needs to be more scared of you than you you scared of him. In other words, when you get up, don't be afraid of COVID. Don't be afraid of catching COVID. Glory to God, no plague shall come near my dwelling. I'm not going to let COVID control me and shut me down, keep me from my purpose, and keep me locked down in a house. Some say, oh, you got to obey the government. You need to be social distancing six feet. You need to wear a mask. You know, yeah, that's man's rules. That's what man says. That's science. But, but have you noticed people are still catching it even though they're applying the rules? Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. They're applying. Now, I'm not saying don't be safe. And, and yeah, but I'm saying that sometimes you can be uh, uh, overprotective. You can be super protective. Sometimes if you're over, you know, you got these drivers and they're super cautious. Don't you hate those drivers? They're slower. There's, you know, they're all. You might say, I'm one of them, Pastor. <laughs> I'm one of them, Pastor. But, but you know, I'm like, I just go with the flow. Somebody moves into my lane uh, and I, there's another lane next to me. I just move over. I'm not hitting a horn. You know, get up, wake up. I just move right over. I don't want to panic them. Hit that horn, that's it. <laughs> They're hitting your car. They're panicking. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? No, no, I just go with the flow. I just move. Just go with the flow, amen? And so we, we see here that, that, the, that the psalmist is talking about that we, we have dominion, amen? I like this, and uh, some say, well, you know, and I know what the scripture says. God made the earth, and it's all God's. And, and we know that it is. By, by right of creation, it, it, God owns it all. But, but then in Psalms 115, 16, it says that heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Have you ever read that? In other words, Jesus gave us the earth. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Well, it's God and his, you know, everything I own is God's. So God, so, so, so God takes care of it or you take care of it? Now, I understand we're stewards. We're managers of what we get. But basically, what you got is yours. You, yes, you're a steward of it, but you're utilizing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Amen. If you treat it like trash, then, you know, well, it, that's God's stuff. No, no, it's your stuff. I can just treat it like trash. No, no, you better treat it like it's yours. Amen. And so we see this. Uh, and so we see that, 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 that the heaven, uh, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. I like what it says in Romans 8, 16 and 17. I'm talking to you about authority today. And it says in, in Romans 8, 16, 17, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together with him. So we see here that we're not, 
we're, we're children of God, but we're also joint heirs of God. In other words, what God has, I have, and what I have, God has. Can I say that again? What God has, I, what God owns, I own, and what I own, God owns. We own it together. See, that's, that's a different way of looking at it. In other words, we're in it together. Everything is, is God's, but it's ours too. Why? We're co-heirs. That's a different way of thinking about that. And when you start thinking about that, that it's ours. Not just mine, but it's ours. It belongs to us. Amen? And that's amazing. And so God has given us the power to rule in, in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm. We have authority over sickness and oppression, which is caused by fear and anxiety. So I'm going to give you four witnesses today. And I'm going to try to get this out. Four witnesses that explains to us praying a prayer like, God, get the devil off my back is not scriptural. It's just not a scriptural prayer. A God, remove this alcohol from my life. That's not scriptural. He's not going to remove it. You're going to have to do something. You're going to have to say no <laughs> in Jesus' name. Oh, God, if you really want me delivered, you're going you're gonna to just miraculously deliver me. He can do that. He can do a miracle. But a lot of times, the greater miracle is you standing in faith and standing against the stuff that's coming against you. Why? You learn to become a warrior. See, when you just get a miracle, you don't know how it came. You never, you never went through the suffering of discipline. You never... <laughs> Pastor, are you hearing what I'm saying? We don't want to go through the suffering of discipline. No, we just want the devil cast out of us. And some things we just need to be disciplined. We just need to learn to say no. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And so I'm going to give you four witnesses that explains this. Amen? It's in Mark 16, 15, and 18. Mark, first witness... Because the Bible says, out every two or three witnesses, let every word be confirmed. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them that believe in my name, they will cast out demons. So I'm stopping there because what, what uh, Mark is saying, that, that we have commanding power in the name of Jesus. God has given each one of us believers commanding power to use the name of Jesus. So what is that? What am I saying to you today? I'm saying when the devil starts trying to knock you in your head, you better use the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, devil, you ain't going any further in my house. In the name of Jesus, you're not attacking my life anymore. In, the na- in other words, you need to evoke the name of Jesus. You need to use the power of the name. Amen. And so it says here... Uh, 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 so we have power. Uh, the second witness is in Ephesians, and this is, the, and this is Paul. And we have power to give the devil no authority in our lives. Paul says it this way in Ephesians 4.25. He says this, uh, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of us speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath nor give place to the devil. So, so Paul is saying that we have the power to give the devil no place in our life. Can I say that again? 
You have the you know the Bible said that um, the reason why Jesus walked in such great power and authority because there was no place of the devil in him. In other words, Jesus was one hundred percent submitted to the Father. When we get one hundred submit hundred percent submitted to God, we'll have no problems. The problem is getting one hundred percent submitted. We're not always one hundred percent submitted to God. And so by the level we submit to God be by the level that we exercise authority over the devil in our life. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so we have to get that revelation, amen? We have the power of authority. We, don't, we can resist the devil. Uh, in, in 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9, uh, the third witness, Peter is exhorting us to be, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering and experiences by your brotherhood in the world. So he says here that uh, uh, he's, he's exhorting us to be sober, be vigilant, be awake. Why? The enemy's looking for, for a way to, to get you. He's looking for a way to get you. Uh, he's looking for a way to rock your world in a bad way. The devil wants you getting in fear. He wants you getting in anxiety. He wants you worrying. Glory to God. Cast your cares on the Lord. Don't allow fear, worry, anxiety to take over in your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so he's saying be, be vigilant. Your adversary there walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the devil's looking for, for Christians to devour. And the devil is devouring some Christians. I'm going to say it again. The devil is devouring some Christians. Because the Bible says that, that, that he devours those that don't know the word of God. He's devouring those. He said, my people perish because they lack knowledge and because they reject knowledge. And so he's devouring people that don't read their Bible. He's devouring people that don't exercise their faith. You can come to a faith church and still not walk in faith. Am I preaching to somebody today? How do you know if a person walks in faith? When, when a crisis comes to your life, what do you do? When that cri- are you running? Are you jumping on your Harley and, running and, and riding like the wind to be free again to Mexico? That's it. I'm out of here. Get, jump on that Harley. Ride, ride like the wind to be free again. And I got such a long way to go. Make it to... <laughs> <laughs> That's Christopher Cross, by the way. Amen. I'm not, I got to work on my singing. But I ride, ride like the wind, ride like the wind. What, what, what are some Christians doing when crisis come? They get out of here. Oh, my God. Something happened at Sea Life Church. People get in COVID. We better get out of here. We might be next. We better jump the ship. We better get out of here. You never know. We might be next. It might be divine judgment on Exceed Life Church. No, it's just the devil attacking. He's going to attack anybody. And he just might attack you if you stay in fear. Running. You know, in other words, when you're running, you're supposed to be chasing the devil. The devil is not supposed to be chasing you. Oh, I'm preaching. I'm preaching today. You shouldn't be running from the devil. No, no, he, no, you should be running after him. Glory to God. Like that one, 
Like that one minister that was at the hotel. And there was a lady that was a prostitute. And she uh, propositioned him and said, hey, you want to spend some time together? And the minister said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dead. And she said, oh, how long have you had that problem? <laughs> and he was saying, well, that, that's not the dead that I am. I'm dead to sin, and I'm a Christian, and you need Jesus. And she said, whoa, and she started running. You need, and she started chasing after you need Jesus. Let me talk to you about God. He can set you free. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You better expose sin and, and, and before sin exposes you. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we've got to get a revelation of that. Glory to God. Amen. So, so we don't need to, uh, fourth point, we don't, uh, well, third point, uh, fourth point, we do not need to comply but deny sickness and pain to have the right to operate in our body. Let me say that again. We don't need to comply to it. We just need to deny it. It's right to be attacking our body. James 4, 6, and 7 says it this way. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God, resist the proud. You know, when you're in fear, there is um, pride attached to fear. You may say, oh, that person's in fear. But there's pride is a close kin to fear. Why? What, how, how, what do you mean by that? If you're afraid, you're trusting in yourself. You're trusting in your ability to make it happen. Or you're trusting. Remember the children of Israel I talked about last week? They were, they were in fear, but they were in pride. They were looking at themselves to get into the promised land. Instead of looking at the bigness of God to get them into the promised land. So fear and pride are very kin, very closely related. And so when we're in fear, what we're saying is we're not trusting God. We're trusting in our own ability to make it work. We're trusting in the system. No, you better trust in God. You better trust in God's system, amen? But he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what do we need to do? Listen, if you're going uh, to resist the devil in your life, which the devil, again, is synonymous to anything that's negative in your life, so if you're going to resist the devil, you're going to first have to submit to God. You're going to have to submit to his authority. And when you, what does that mean, Pastor? It means you've got, to, you've got to walk the love walk. You've got to walk in love. You can't, can't allow offense to come into your life. You can't allow bitterness to come into your life. You can't allow envy to come into your life. How come that guy's doing so much better than me? The Bible says don't, don't, don't compare yourself with other people. You got your race and they got their race. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Don't compare. It's not wise to compare yourself with how other people are doing. Stay in your lane. You got your race. Maybe they, maybe God has, you know, maybe there's, you don't know what that guy did to get where they're at in God. Amen. Like I was praying and I said this before, I was saying, Lord, how come this minister has all this and I don't have all that? And, he's, and, and the Holy Spirit said, to, to, to much is given, much is required. Do you want more? <laughs> load on your plate. Oh, I'm good. I'm good, Lord. I'm good. Don't need to put any more load on my plate. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So God gives more grace to the giver. Amen. 
<coughs> I'm gonna let me say it this way. I'm, I gotta close this down. Paul. Now, Paul prayed that God would remove the devil from him. And again, I, and I'm preaching you today. That's not scriptural. So what happened when Paul prayed this? Let's look at this. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 and 10. Uh, it says here, I'm starting with 7, because see, Paul was dealing with a lot of issues in his life. And he says, because of these surpassing great revelations, therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, God received this as a revelation from the Lord. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. So we see here that Paul was praying a prayer that sometimes we pray, God, take it away from me. God, remove it from me. But did God remove it from them? No, 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 no. Look what it says here. He says here, I pleaded with the Lord uh, to take it away from me, but, but the Lord said to me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Think, think about that. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will, then Paul got the revelation. Therefore, I will boast gladly in my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. Paul wasn't, see, listen, some theologians say, see, see, uh, weakness means sickness, so that means he's supposed to glorify God in sickness. No, that's not what the weakness is he's talking about. See, Paul, you know, he dealt with some eye issues, amen? They say, the thorn in the flesh is sickness. You, you can't, you, there's not enough scripture to back that up. It's not about sickness. We were never meant to suffer sickness. Why? Jesus is our atoning uh, Lord and Savior. He has already atoned for sickness. By Jesus' stripes, we are healed. If, Je if we're supposed to be sick for the glory of God, then, then, then what Jesus suffered in getting whipped was for nothing and was in vain. So you're telling me I'm supposed to be sick and then you're uh, the same way. Then what you're telling me is what Jesus went through. It was for nothing. It was for vanity. No, what Jesus went through in getting whipped and crucified was for the healing of our bodies. And for you to say, well, I'm supposed to be like Job suffering for Christ. That, no, that's a statement of pride because you're trying to boast about your suffering. Oh, I'm preaching today. Look how great I am. I'm suffering for Christ. No, Jesus suffered for us. So we don't have to suffer that. But we can suffer some persecution. We can suffer some bad days. Some people might talk about us. Amen. Some people might say some negative things. Some people might leave us. Why? Because, because they don't understand faith. They don't understand what we're trying to accomplish here in Exceed Life Church. I'm building warriors, not worriers. I'm, build, I'm building conquerors, not people being conquered. I, I, I'm raising up a, a, an army of mighty men and women for God. I'm raising up a mighty army. You know, David had his mighty men. I have my mighty people. Amen. And you guys are going to be doing the works of Jesus. You guys are going to be out there setting the captives free. You guys are going to be praying for the sick. You're going to be, you're going to be setting people free, delivering people from oppression, depression, delivering people from sickness. Why? You have the power. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? 
So we need to evoke, uh, we need to evoke the name of, of Jesus. Just, just, uh, just, just tying this up. We, number one, we need to evoke the name of Jesus in our life. And we know that these signs will follow those that believe. How many believe that in the power of the name of Jesus? How many believe that every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord in heaven, on earth, and under the earth? How many believe that the name of Jesus is the most powerful name in the universe? You got, he said, for those that believe. How many believe in believers we have in the house today? Number two, we need to evoke the word of God. We need to speak the word. The centurion said, speak the word and my servant will be healed. Are we speaking the word? Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart. But these are keys here. For they are life to those who find them. And their health to all their flesh. God's word is medicine to us. We need to understand that it's not just uh, uh, theology when we're reading the Bible. No, it's more than that. God's word is spirit and it is life to those that find him. Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. And God breathed. His life into His Word. And His Word is impregnated with power to set us free. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? His Word has enough power to set you free from anything that's ailing you or your family or your friends. Powerful Word. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Don't discount that. Read your Word every day. Quote the promises every day. Expect things to happen as you speak the word. We need to evoke the blood of Jesus. Apply the blood of Jesus in your situation. I apply the blood of Jesus against the devil in my life. He can't cross the bloodline. Glory to God. In Revelation 12, 11, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto the death. You know what that's saying? It's saying that we aren't worried about dying. I'm not worried about my life down. I'm not worried about what the devil can do to me. I'm not worried about what COVID can do to me. I'm not worried about that. Why? Because I'm in the palm of my father's hands. I'm not worried about it. I'm not concerned about it. Amen. Why? Why? Because no, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And what the enemy tries to come against me, I'm telling you, it's going to backfire in his face. Through every cloud, there's a silver lining. Through every evil report, uh, there's going to be good that comes out of it. What the enemy means for harm, God's turning for good. Do you believe that today? God's raising up a mighty people in this church. And, and lastly, we need to evoke the power of praise and thankfulness. We need to evoke the power of praise. What? What? Thanking Him that you're going to get healed? No. Thanking Him that you're already healed. That, 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 that promise is already manifested. That it's already there. You thank Him. 
Amen. Where do you get that, Pastor? I thought, don't, you know, well, let's look at John 11, 40 through 44. Jesus is at the gravesite of, of Lazarus. And, and, then, and let's, let's, let's look at the master and see how he prayed. Jesus said to her, uh, he said to <coughs> Martha to remove the stone. And of course, Martha said, well, he stinks. And then Jesus said to her, did I not say to you? Basically, her faith stunk. But we'll continue. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? John eleven forty, 40, working our way down. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, please heal Lazarus and raise him up. It doesn't say that. He didn't pray to the Father for, for, for God to raise Lazarus up. He said, Father, I thank you that you, that, you, that you have heard me, and I know that you always hear me. Notice he started his prayer out with thankfulness. Amen. The Bible says we have confidence with God because we know that God hears us, and if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. Yes. That's, in, that's in John. Amen? And so if we, ha- if we, if we have confidence... That God hears us. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? <coughs> Father, I thank you that you've heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Notice he gave a command. Notice Jesus then prayed to the Father to raise, G- uh, to raise Lazarus from the dead. No, he commanded Lazarus. To come forth. He, he thanked God basically that he had the power to do it. And then he commanded. We need to thank God and we need to start commanding. We don't command of God. We command of the devil. I'm closing here because I remember the minister was praying for his brother to get saved. And he kept praying this way. Lord, save my brother. Save my brother. And it just seemed like his brother was getting worse and worse. And then finally, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, uh, uh, said to, to, and he was a minister. He kept praying, Lord, save my brother. He said, he said, why don't you do something about it? The Holy Spirit said that to him. Why don't you do something about it? He said, why don't I do something about it? And then finally, he got the revelation. Why don't you bind the devil in your brother's life and claim his, his, his uh, salvation for Jesus? He said, wow, would that work? So he went ahead. Satan, I bind your operations in my brother's life. I bind you from blinding his eyes from seeing the truth. I take authority of you and I command you to leave his presence. And and I call him into the kingdom of God. And I declare that he's saved by faith in Jesus' name. It was a matter of two weeks and he got saved. What am I saying? We keep praying, God, do something. And God's saying, you do something. Moses had the same problem. And I'm closing here. Remember Moses? He, uh, you had the Egyptian army back of him. You had the Red Sea in front of him. And he started crying out, God, what am I going to do? God said, don't you have something there? You have a staff. I gave you the staff. We got the word. He said, stretch that staff out. Do some, what, what you got, use. And so Moses took the, the, the staff, he stretched it out, and the, and the Red Sea parted, glory to God. Jesus said the same thing. When, he woke, when they woke Jesus up out of the bow of the boat and the waves were coming, he said, he said uh, Jesus said, peace be still. And he said, where's your faith? He was saying to the disciples, you could do what I could do. 
Where's your faith? And I'm going to say this to you this morning. Where is your faith? Is it in medical science? Is it in distancing and mass? Or is it in the Word of God? I'm not against doing the, the natural things, but I'm telling you, your faith better not be in science because science will fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. Jesus, science changes all the time. It's six feet now, it'll be three feet next week. Uh, it, it, it's changing, but God's word never changes. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word doesn't change, and his unchanging word will change your circumstances, will change your body, will change anything that's ailing you as long as you keep standing on it. Did you receive it today? I believe you receive it. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you. That you're raising up a mighty church. You're raising up warriors and not warriors. You're raising up warriors and not wimps. And I thank you, Father God, we are not those that shrink back to perdition, but we are those that keep pressing in to see the fullness of God in our lives and in the lives of people all around us. Perhaps you're here this morning. Maybe you're sitting here and you know it's time for you to move forward in God. Maybe you're watching online. It's time to submit to God, as James would say. It's time to resist the devil. And so listen, you're not going to have the power to resist the devil unless Jesus is your Lord. And you need Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And he will empower you to come out of any bad circumstances that you may be in. So today, if you're ready, Today, the Bible says, is the day of salvation. And so I want to lead you in a prayer. Just pray this prayer out loud and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus was raised from the dead for my justification. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And today, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I turn my back on sin, Satan, and the world. And I turn fully to God. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.